This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Welcome to the Paul Gallant Show, except no Paul Gallant. I'm Michael Bumpus filling in for my guy. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. This is the most interactive sports talk show in all of the land, like we usually start each show. Question of the day. I got a question for you. I want you guys to respond to this. What position should the Hawks focus on in this 2021 draft? To me, I think there's a couple of places they can go. I think you need a number three receiver. You could go there. I think you could help out this defensive line, interior defensive line. We'll see what happens with Alden Smith. If you haven't heard, there's some, um, some new information there. Or I think that they can go to that corner spot. You know that you have Trey Flowers is coming back. Dunbar is gone. You got Witherspoon from the 49ers. DJ Reed is still there. I think they can use some help in those positions. Now, one thing that people are telling me and Danny during the Danny Gallant show, the Hawks got to stay away from the fourth round wide receiver. And I, and I asked Danny, I go, Danny, what's the issue here? He goes, look, it just doesn't work out. Gary Jennings. Chris Durham, Durham, sorry, I'm butchering your name. Chris Harper, Kevin Norwood, none of these guys did anything. They were all drafted in the fourth round. Is it a real thing? Is it a curse? What is it about these fourth round wide receivers? So you let me know. Call, text in, let me know what position should the Hawks focus on during the NFL draft this year. But let's talk about these Mariners, man. They took an L to the Los Angeles Dodgers yesterday, lost 1-0, to zero, and it was all about the pitching. It was a battle on the mound. You had Marco and Julio going at each other. Julio, if you guys remember, uh, clinched the final game in the World Series for the Dodgers last season, and it was a battle. Uh, Marco seemed to be in control. And before the game yesterday, I told you guys, I go, look, I just want to see a guy who's confident. I want to see a guy who's in control, and I want to see a guy who's going to compete. We all know Marco's going to compete. That's just what he does. He held the Dodgers to two hits, one run. Now, the Dodgers, on the other hand, held the Seahawks to just one hit. I was actually at that game, and let me tell you guys, it was nice to be at a game, surrounded by people. The sun was out. It just seemed like a beautiful day for a ball game, and that's exactly what we got. Now, you look at the score, you're going to say, all right, not too much happened. 1-0. What did happen? Dylan Moore made a great play. Uh, Again, flashing the glove. You had JP, who had a little scoop and toss to first base. There were plays to be made out there. Do not let the score fool you. But I want to focus on Marco. This guy retired 13 consecutive hitters. More or less hear that. Marco into that walking wind up the pitch. Slow breaking ball, swung on and hit right up the middle. J.P. Crawford waiting for it, makes the catch. 13 consecutive hitters retired by Marco Gonzalez. Duel in the sun here in Seattle. 13 consecutive hitters. He was locked in. He was intense. He was confident. Everything that you want to see out of your ace. We all know with Paxson going down, Marco's going to have to step up and carry this team. That's what I saw. Now, there's no, I guess, is there such thing as a good loss? I'll take that. I think that was a good loss. The bats got to get going, and I think with Kyle Lewis returning, he made his return yesterday, um, walked on his first at-bat, hit a fly ball I thought was going to go out the park for a minute. didn't happen, but he looked okay at the plate. Um, 
Kyle Lewis is going to lengthen this offense. All right, they're going to have put him in center field. He's going to make plays out there. It's just nice to have your guy back, the reigning rookie of the year. That's what you want to see out of him. Again, don't let the one zero score fool you. It was a competitive game. Uh, let's listen to what Scott Service had to say about the ace, Marco Gonzalez. So that's Marco Gonzalez. That's him right there in a nutshell. His his rhythm and his, his tempo of his delivery today was, was much more in sync. Um, landing all of his pitches, commanding them all. That's why, you know, he, he's our opening day starter, and uh, he was on top of his game today, no doubt. On top of his game, beautiful to watch. You hear Service talk about Marco Gonzalez. He had his command. He was hitting his spots. Um, he looked, again, I use the word intense because the look on his face was the look of a guy who saw an opportunity in front of him. He was in a battle with another pitcher. He did not shy away. He put up seven really good innings. Moore, I wish you could have been there at the ballpark. It was a beautiful thing. When's the last time you've been to a game, Moore? Oh, I wish I could have been, too. I'm trying to think of the last one that I went to. I guess it would probably have been... Oh, man, I can't remember what specific one. I always go when the Red Sox are in town because... My family's from Boston, grew up a yeah. Red Sox fan, but um, uh, my dad used to get me tickets when I first moved here. Every time, it was the first game, and it was Felix every time, and they always lost. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but I can't be mad. Felix is dealing. This is kind of fun. Felix um, is dealing. But yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I oh, I was at Felix's last game, actually. Really? Yeah. That was really, really cool. I bet. I bet. But yeah, I don't, I'm not positive the exact last one I went to. I went to quite a few you know, year before our pandemic year last year. I just, someone just texted in, Danny was talking about those nachos all day and how he was mad that you didn't eat anything at the park yesterday. Yeah. Someone just texted in that not all of the concessions are open, no nachos yet. No nachos yet. Uh, you know, next time I'm at the ballpark, I will eat. I didn't eat while I was there. Danny jumped on me for that. I kind of just he walked did. around and enjoyed the game. But apparently that's something you got to do when you go to T-Mobile yeah. Park. I'm going to jump on these text lines real quick. Real quick, uh, I asked you guys what position should the Hawks focus on. The 859, what area code is that? Uh, goes center, bump, center. The deepest crop of centers in years, like rows of corn. All right, I'm all right with center. You still got Ethan Posick, who's there, who was, um, who did a good job, honestly. I know you, linemen don't get a lot of love. If we're not hearing a lineman's name called, that means that they are doing their job. So I can see them going to the center spots, get some more depth at that in that offensive line. But Ethan Posick did okay. All right, uh, the three six zero says bump. The fourth round receiver thing is real. For whatever reason, those guys have just flamed out from the jump. I mean, didn't even make the practice squad. That's how bad it's been. Thanks, Joseph. Joseph from the 360. Yeah, man, I had high hopes for Jennings. I watched Jennings' college film. I thought he fit right in. I believe he had a hamstring issue during camp. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. I hope he's somewhere else living out his dream. But, yeah, I thought Jennings was going to be the guy. It seems to be real, that fourth-round uh, curse, man. I, I, I was talking to Danny prior to this, and I'm like, Danny, numbers don't lie. But Danny's not going not gonna to let – Going to let the, the numbers deter him. He goes, look, if there's a receiver available in the fourth round, somebody that they like, you go get them. One guy that I like is Dwayne Eskers from Western Michigan, 5'9", 190 pounds, 34 receptions, 784 yards, and eight touchdowns his senior year. This guy looks like the slot receiver that this team is missing. I'm not saying that Lockie can't play the slot. I'm not saying DK can't play the slot. But a true slot receiver is something special. I think Gerald Everett can move into the slot and help out as well. But if you got a chance to go get this guy, Seattle Seahawks, 
I say that you go ahead and get the guy. Let me remind you, it's time to switch it up. What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Hey, Bob. Dooley. I'm still hungry from all that ballpark food <laughs> talk that we did earlier, but that's all right. I'll get right. through. <laughs> um, first up, we have some more news on Alden Smith, uh, who was wanted by police for his alleged involvement in a battery incident in Louisiana. He turned himself in yesterday evening, was released from custody two hours later. It's unclear when he's due back in court. Uh, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk is reporting that his family got into an altercation over um, getting involved in a, uh, a fight between his sister and her husband. Man, it's, it's layers, right? Every day there's a new layer to the story. Alden says he didn't touch the guy. The other guy saying that he choked him out. Um, now we're hearing that family's involved. We all know it can get kind of messy when family's involved. I just hope, one, I hope everyone's all right. I hope his sister's fine. I hope the guy, whoever got choked out, was fine. I hope Alden is fine. I just hope that he's being transparent with the Seattle Seahawks. At this point, he ain't got no money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? He has money in the bank. I'm not talking real money. I'm talking about just credibility. This guy has been in trouble in the past, had to sit down for four seasons, had a good year with the Dallas Cowboys, and the two days after he signs, he gets into this type of trouble. Now, we're hearing that there's video of this incident. Alden says he didn't touch him. I hope he is right. I'm excited for this guy. That's if what Mike he, Florio was saying. He's he's going to use his, his defenses that he didn't touch him. We'll see how it plays out because we haven't heard specifically from him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just sloppy, man. It's an unfortunate situation. Um, again, family's involved. Alden Smith looks like he's turning his life around. We shall see. We can't assume, though. We cannot assume. We got to wait. Let the process take us, um, carry out and then go from there. What else we got more? All right, Adrian Peterson still looking for a home this offseason. He says he is looking to play for a contender. He's looking. He's yeah, he's he's chasing the ring, Dooley. He's chasing the ring, and I have no problem with it. Now, in the NBA, I have a problem when young men in their prime get together and, and try to create a super team and dominate. I don't have a problem when you have a 35-year-old running back who's paid his dues, he's been the MVP, he's bounced around a little bit, he plays a position where you typically don't last this long, but somehow he's been able to do it, and now he's chasing the ring. I have no problem with that, man. Football is, is a bit different than basketball. LaShawn McCoy, he chased the ring for two years, and guess what? He lucked up and won back-to-back Super Bowls. A guy like Adrian Peterson, if you want to go negative, you can look at his past with um, – the issue with his son but uh on the football field there's no denying this guy was a talent when i was in college he was a freshman we we're a freshman both uh the same year and i would always look around and see what freshmen are doing i was pl- i was starting as a freshman i'm like look i want to be a freshman all-american i got to keep up with these guys and adrian peterson was one of the guys i would try to keep up with there's no keeping up with adrian peterson there just wasn't any keeping up with him and then he gets to the nfl tears his acl the he comes back the next year and rushes for over 2,000 yards. This man has had a great career. He's going to be regarded as one of the best to ever do it, in my opinion. So at this point, because he's been in the game over 10 years, he's 35 years old, I have no problem with this dude chasing a ring. Uh, absolutely no problem with it. You go ahead and get your ring. Guys do it in the NBA at a young age. You're old man on your way out. It is all good. 
All right, let me remind you, this hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Now it is time for you to be heard. I want to hear what you have to say. Remember the question I asked you guys earlier, okay? Uh, what should the Hawks do in the NFL draft? What should they do? What position should they focus on? Who should they get? Also, you want to talk Mariners? Go ahead and talk Mariners. You want to talk Alden Smith? Whatever you got, I'm here for. Be heard. 206-421-3776. I'm going to go right to the text lines. Okay, 253. Hey, Bump, Sherman or Antonio Brown or both? Man, that's a good one. You know what? I have to go with Sherm. I'm not going to mess with Antonio Brown. Uh, I think he had a good year in Tampa Bay, stayed out of trouble. Uh, He's got some stuff thrown out of court here recently, but it's just the vibe. You know, he just doesn't seem like a really good dude to me. Maybe he is. I don't know him. You know, I'm just going off of what I'm seeing. I want to keep. The vibe's good. And I say that, and then I say I'll bring in Sherman. If the Hawks were to bring in Sherman, would he be able to accept that? This is Russell Wilson's team. It's no longer Legion of Boom, all right? Uh, Earl Thomas ain't there no more. Cliff Averill's gone. I mean, it's, it's, this is a different team. So if he can come back and just accept his role, be a lockdown cover three corner, and, and let Russell lead the way, I'm okay with it. I just don't know if he can do it. He's such an alpha male. He's such a leader that uh, he's going to have something to say. And I, I want him to be himself if he were to come here, but uh, I just worry how that affects Mr. Russell Wilson. Okay, here we go. We got 360. Okay, Laker fan. Everybody goes to L.A. to chase a ring. You know this. Yeah, come on to L.A. Go, come, go play for these Lakers, baby. Play for these Dodgers. It's all good. Yeah, they chase a ring. Of course they do. And I'm okay with it if it's my team. We're talking about my team now, right? We're not talking about y'all's team. We're talking about my team. But, no, again, it's all, all seriousness. Um, that's just what the NBA is. That, that's, that's the NBA. It's not just the Lakers. You can't just point us out. You got to look at the Nets as well. You got to look at Miami when LeBron was there. You got to look at the Golden State Warriors. And it, you know what's the common denominator is LeBron James and KD. They're the reason for all this madness, okay? Reason for all this madness. Here we go. This is from the 509. Bump, what about Le'Veon Bell? Man, he ain't, he, he, he ain't been the same since he set out. Worst decision he made in his career was to sit that year out. I believe he was going to get like $14 million that year. And I understand he, wants, he wanted a long-term deal. He wanted some security. Everybody wants and loves job security. But I don't think I could have turned down 14 mil to sit a year. More duly, are you turning down 14 mil? Oh, no. I'm, I mean, I'm not turning down one mil. <laughs> <laughs> not turning down, man. That, that was wild to me. And I think that hurt his career. You know, he had this running style to where he would kind of hesitate before he hit the hole. And it was beautiful to watch when he was with the Steelers. But for some reason, when he went to the New York Jets, all that stopped. Okay, 206. Bump. Screw the nachos. Bring in your own my ties. I like where you're thinking. I love nachos, though. Maura Dooley says she hasn't met a nacho she doesn't like. I'm pretty I, – I love me some nachos as well. And bringing in your own Mai Tais, isn't that illegal? You can't do that. You can't bring in your own Mai Tais. Yeah, I'm sure I'm some sure people do it. Okay. Yeah, you can't do that. All right. Let's go to the 360. Hey, Bump, can the Kitsap listeners get a shout-out? Bear it down. Kitsap listeners, what up? Michael Bump is showing you guys some love. All right, back to the text lines. What we got here? Okay, two, 206. You might think I'm joking, but I seriously think they should take a quarterback. If the dude from Florida Gators is still on the board, they should take. Nah, I don't know about that, 206. You take a quarterback, what is that going to do to your quarterback? 
Now, I know quarterbacks are fragile, man. You got to got to make sure you got to stroke their egos, make sure everybody's happy, make sure it's all kumbaya. You can't do that after having the offseason that the Hawks just had with Russell Wilson and him putting four teams out there or his agent putting four teams out there that he would like to be traded to. You just can't, you can't ruffle the feathers anymore. I realize that Russell is getting older. I still think he has four to five good years in him. No reason to to draft a quarterback. Now you need a backup quarterback. You go get a veteran, go get a veteran to back Russell Wilson up, but bringing, bringing in a young guy will send the wrong message and we got to keep the quarterbacks happy. All right. Got to keep them happy. Here we go. Three, six, oh bump. Nobody look, hold on, nobody look at positive impact could have on Russ. Sherm brought the best out of him because of the challenge of facing him in practice. I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, you want to go up against the best at practice. If you if you have an opportunity to go up against Sherman at practice, it's gonna make your quarterback better, it's gonna make your offense better, it's gonna make your wide receivers better. And maybe having somebody challenge him, um, could take Russell to another place. I just don't want to mess with it. I'm not in for a science experiment right now. I'm not in for it. I just want to keep Russell Wilson happy so he stays here. You guys want Russell to stay. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, oh, Russell, man, get him out of here. He should be gone. You guys are crazy. You know how hard it is to find a franchise quarterback? That's why quarterbacks are drafted number one every single year because you don't win without a quarterback. And, to go against that, people are going to say, well, the Legion of Boom carried the Seahawks during their Super Bowl runs. You are correct, but you still had a good quarterback. He might have been a game manager at the time, if that's what you want to call him, but he's still here. He's still here for a reason because the guy can ball. All right, man? Here we go. We got 360. Aaron Rodgers responded by winning an MVP. So I assume you're talking about bringing in a quarterback. So Aaron Rodgers responded to the Green Bay Packers bringing in a quarterback by winning an MVP. Yep, that's the way you should react. That's the way you should respond. That's what the ballers do. And Russell could do that. I don't know. I, I'm just not here to experiment. I just don't. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, 425. Hey, Michael, have a good day. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it, man. You guys have a good day, 425. You have a good day as well. All right, what else we got here? What else we got here? All right, the we got a phone call. All right, who we got? We got Joseph from the 253 Tacoma. What's up, Joseph? Doing, Bob? Hey, man, I'm living, baby. What you got for so, me? Uh, r- real quick, uh, earlier this morning, I heard you and Danny uh, talking about how this season Russ might have a bit more pressure on him this year than in recent previous years. Yeah. So I, I could see that. Now, uh, well, one thing I, I, I wanted to throw out there, that, you know, the Seahawks play over the second half of last season was less than stellar. Uh, one thing that I haven't heard mentioned is, is that Russ feeds off of the crowd. I mean, he mm-hmm. always has. Not in the way some other players do. You know, he's not flexing and all that. But especially in that fourth quarter, when we'd be making those late rallies, Russ would feed off that. He didn't have that last year. Okay. should have it this year. So should. that should also help. All right. I like that. I didn't think of that, honestly. And, and I didn't... From my perspective, I never really saw Russ interacting with the crowd, but I can see where he could feed off of that energy. I think not only Russell Wilson feeds off that energy, I think the coaches do. I think other the players defense. do. The the defense, you know, there's the 12s play a huge role. Whether you're at home or away, 
And I, Russell is, is a competitor. I think he goes on the road, he feeds off the booze, right? He's at home, he feeds off off the cheering. So that is a good point. I like that. So are you is, is Joseph you still there? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. All right. So are you saying that Russell is going to have a better year this year because the twelves will be in the stands? I think that it will it will help. Okay. With they the can... adjustment that the Seahawks are about to go through for essentially the first time in his professional career. Yeah. Uh, I am not mad at that, Joseph. I appreciate your call, man. Go back to the text lines real quick before we take a break. Here we go. We got, hey, bump. Nope, not that one. Let's go. Corner in the second round or trade the pick for an established corner. Have to find answers at that position or we will get to watch Brady or Rodgers. I agree with that. That's from the 509. 509 is pretty much saying, look, you got to go get a corner. And I, I'm, a, I'm all right with that. I think they should address that position, but I think they have starters as well. I think DJ Reed is good enough. I think Witherspoon is good enough. We all know Pete Carroll loves competition. Why not get a corner? It's all about the little guys, I feel like, early in this draft. You got to go receiver. You got to go corner. Uh, one one texter mentioned the center. I'm okay with center, but I think Ethan Postick will be okay. We all know these guys had like 30 linemen in camp last year. I know they're going to bring a lot of bodies in. All right, well, coming up next, we are going to get into the sports pit with my guy, Mr. Paul Moyer, right here on the Paul Galan Show. Welcome back to the Paul Galan Show. No, Paul Gallant, you got me, Michael Bumpus, filling in for him. But now we're going into the sports pit, and now I get to talk to my co-host of Hawks Live every Thursday during the regular season, Paul Moya. What's up, man? What's up, Bump? You got partly a Paul show. Yeah, I do, no right? Gallant here, but uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> what's good, man? Good to hear your voice. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. So I, I asked um, the texters and the callers a question, and I said, uh, where should the focus be in the NFL draft for the Seahawks? So far, I've gotten center. I got corner. I, I've been told not to draft a receiver in, in the fourth round. Where do you stand? <laughs> I, I, to me, I've been banging the drum on this one for a while. I, I think we need a slot receiver yeah. uh, in, a, in a big way. And, I, and I've said this for a while because – Third down last year, we were not very good. Matter of fact, we were one of the worst in the league uh, for as good a passing team as as we started off at. And it's it's that third and four, that third and six, that guy who can run an option route against a nickel sl- or a nickel back and beat him. I mean, that's go and look Tampa Bay. Go look at what New England used to do. It, it, that's the quick game, and you've got to have that receiver. I don't think we have one. I think we have. Guys who are fast, they're a deep threat, um, but I don't think they're guys that get quick separation, uh, you know, on an option route, you know, in that five-yard range. So now, do I think we, with our first pick, you're going to grab a guy uh, who's a slot receiver, a third-down specialist? Probably not, um, but I would like to see a different type of make, you know, an Ursua type of guy that, you know, can win, win those battles. So that's my number one. I think corner is certainly another one, mm-hmm. uh, but not a lot of people are talking wide receiver. I, so I, I like to throw that one out there. You said the magic word, Ursua. The, the text lines are going to go crazy. You, you know, Paul, I mean, I, I love you some John Ursua. I don't understand why he hasn't gotten any time yet. There must be something going on in practice. Hey, so Devontae Smith, Alabama receiver, Blitnikoff Award winner, 
Um, he he weighed in at 166 pounds. Does that mean anything to you? No, but it's it's one of those you go, oh man, he's so he's so slight. But I but at the same time, I go look if he's quick enough to give off a, off a jam, which he is. Uh, is he quick enough to get separation? Absolutely. Can he jump out of a building? Yep, he's fast. I mean, he he's just a fantastic wide receiver, and and too much goes into these numbers. You know, yeah. the guy weighs two hundred ten pounds. He he jumps a forty one inch vertical. He runs a four three, but he can't run a route. You know, so give me a route runner, great hands. I, he's going to be a stud. I just I think you know the trainers and all them are going to say, hey, we got to find some way to to build some bulk on him because it is a long season, and he will get hit. Uh, at some point, so you know we, we got to keep him keep him upright at some way. Some way, he got to he got to get that grown man weight. You know, well, I don't know what what, what did you, what would what you weigh when you came out of college? Hey man, I was a solid one ninety five, Moya. Solid one ninety five with like you know down to the skivvies and and <laughs> and that's your real weight. In my birthday suit, <laughs> one ninety five. Right. I just well, that's pretty good then. Hey, so what do you think about? Uh, I was on the Danny Galan show earlier, and Danny mentioned that Russ has applied or put more pressure on himself this year because of the off season that he's had. Um, you got Matthew Stafford who joined the NFC West. He still got Kyler Murray. Uh, we'll see what the Forty ers do. Do you agree with that? Do you think Russell has more pressure on him this year than he did last year? Well, if Danny was the quarterback, I'd say Danny, you have more pressure on you now. Uh, I don't think I don't think Russell feels any pressure. What, what, what pressure? Yeah, he's he's got a great life, a great family. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks in in history. He's making more money than ninety nine point nine nine percent of the world. Um, there's no pressure for him, and I, I think he loves this. I mean, maybe there's some sense of urgency on his part. That okay, the Seahawks have kind of done what you asked. You know, they certainly got a, a much better offensive tackle. Um, we'll see what happens in the draft as well, or even the second round of free agency. Do they do some additional things? Um, they got your running back. I think they need to get a wide receiver. We got you a, a really good tight end. I think we're deep there. Uh, now you got to go put up, and we got you a new offensive coordinator. It's going to be a new system that, to try and protect to get that ball out. So. I think there's a sense of urgency for him, but there's no pressure on Russell Wilson. I, the, the, we know what pressure is. That ain't it. Yeah, I feel you. I, I think I think he thrives in the in, with pressure. You know, I think the great athletes kind of like that feeling. That's what I miss about playing, Paul. You know, I miss I miss the pressure. I miss the adrenaline. I miss the expectations. Like good athletes love pressure. No question. I think pressure is different for everybody. You know, I wasn't that guy that wanted to be the guy. I wanted to kind of fit in. You know, yeah. I was like, hey, you know, I, I know my role. I'm pretty good at it. I'll get you some some picks and some turnovers, and I won't mess the game up. But I, I don't need to be that guy who says, hey, I'm the best, and I'm going to go out and prove it because, quite frankly, I don't know if I could have gone out and proved it, <laughs> you know, being real <laughs> realist here. And so Russell, you know, the pressure he has is, I want to win a Super Bowl. I want to be the greatest quarterback in history. That's just a, a different kind of pressure he puts on himself. I don't think it's really pressure. I just think those are goals that uh, he's always gets up every morning to, to try and achieve and get better every day. I feel you. Hey, Paul, so uh, Rashad Penny 
contract year. Yeah. This guy hasn't really been available. He's been banged up. I believe his best year was maybe his first year with 400 yards. Uh, what does he have to do this year uh, to add some value and make the Hawks want to keep him around? I think it's going to be tough for him because certainly the commitment is to Carson. Um, I did like what Carson said about him. That, you know, they're, they're buddies and they're pulling for each other. And Carson was talking about uh, Penny's ability and th- that they're different backs. And he thinks, you know, breakout year for him. I think the first thing, though, to answer your question, he's got to be healthy. Yeah. You know, just be on the field. Um, I, he, is he going to be a thousand yard back? I doubt it. Not if, if Chris Carson's healthy. I don't, I don't know where those carries come from. Uh, Carson signed through at least for two years. Um, I, so, but you know, if he has a breakout year, you know that obviously is going to bode well for him. I, I just think it's going to be tough for him to unseat Carson, uh, in, you know, and eventually get that that huge contract. But uh, I think he's going to be a valuable guy for us, and I hope he stays healthy because that that could be a really good one-two punch for us. All right, speaking of running backs, man, Adrian Peterson has gone out there and said, "Look, I want to play for a contender." He's chasing a ring. Now, what I said, I go, look, you play the NFL that long, you go ahead and chase your ring. You know what I mean? You, you pay Hell your yeah. dues. How do you feel about AP chasing a ring? I love it. I mean, why not? I mean, and by the way, if he wants to come here and, and teach these young kids <laughs> how to, to work ethic and, and, and just the little nuances of the game, right? How to set up a, 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 a linebacker and, you know, feeding off uh, the guards and, and a combo block between the guard and tackle. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into the running game. I think Chris Carson's really good at it, but, you know, chase the ring. And by the way, the Seahawks are certainly in ring contention. Uh, it wouldn't bother me to have a guy like him, but, you know, he's, he's still going to want to get paid and chase the ring. Uh, but I look, the NBA does it all over the place. And in football, it's different because it's so, so less of a guarantee you know, in yeah. basketball, you know, we, we know the five teams who can win it, really three. And, you know, there's somebody with LeBron James on there, Kevin Durant on there, and, and not a lot of in-between. In football, it, you can stack the deck the best you want or the, the, the best you can, and there's still no guarantees there. So uh, I don't have a problem in the NFL, those guys going to a title contender. Yeah, I'm not mad at all. Uh, Shady McCoy, he chased the ring. Back-to-back years, yeah. he's, he's on the bench, and he, and he got that hardware. Real quick, uh, Nick Sirianni, he said he played rock, paper, scissors with prospects over Zoom to see how competitive they are. That seems hella gimmicky to me, Paul Moore. What do you think about that? Always go with the fist, though, right? <laughs> Always go with the fi- Go with the hammer if you're going to do that. Um, you know, it's really gimmicky. But I think you can learn things from guys bump. I mean, we know it. I mean, we're around guys. Some guys sit back and don't want to compete, whether we're playing cards or whatever it may be. I'll leave that alone, uh, quiet and just between you and I, what we, <laughs> we like to compete with. But, you know, you can learn little things from people. And it's those differences sometimes that maybe make the difference whether you draft a guy or not. And I know that's a little gimmicky, but I think you can still find out something, especially with this social distancing. I mean, I, I got to find some way to be creative and find out just how competitive these guys are. All right. So now I know if I play rock, paper, paper, scissors with you, I'm going paper all day, Moyer. Yeah, but you, you know that that's just reverse psychology. <laughs> I <think. And> then, <laughs> we're we're going to do a best of three. Okay? Best of three. We'll, 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 we'll tweet that. We'll tweet who that people think will win. So boom. We have to organize this now. Yep. Organize yeah. it. Hey, in the text lines. 
who's going to win Rock, Paper, Scissors, best out of three? Me or Paul Moyer, Paul? My guy. Mission man, appreciate you. Thanks for taking time. All right, don't forget, tweet me because I, I need those votes. On the tweeter. I got you. Yeah. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, man. All right, coming up next is your time to be heard once again. Let's just talk. I don't. You can answer the question that I that I asked you at the beginning of the hour. You could not. I don't care. Just holler at your boy. Let me know what you're feeling. 206-421-3776. That's coming up next on the Paul Gallant Show. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. What up, folks? Michael Bump is filling in for Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show. Before the break, I told y'all to text me, call me. Let's talk about some stuff. And you know what? I'm going to go to right to the lines. We got a caller, Dooley. We do. Sorry, I wasn't ready with the name. It's Bill and Issaquah. Bill and Issaquah. What's up, Bill? Oh, hope you are as well. Also, Michael, you should have your own show. <laughs> hey, obviously, I, uh, I mean that. Um, you obviously are very good behind the mic, and uh, there are very few people in sports broadcasting or radio in this town who have the amount of knowledge about sports, football in particular, that you have in your baby finger. Hey, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> what what question you got for me? Question. Uh, it's really more a statement. Um, okay. If the Seahawks get rid of Rashard Penny, they are going to regret that decision um, for as long as they remain a sports franchise in this town and probably long after if they somehow someday leave the town. Because uh, that young man is a talent. He hasn't had an opportunity to show it yet. But as an old running back myself, having seen the few times he's had an opportunity to demonstrate what he can do, that young man can play. He's, as you would call it, a baller. (laughs) And, And they are going to regret it if they let him go. Give him half an opportunity and let him stay healthy, and he's going to demonstrate that he's not just uh, a run-of-the-mill running back. That young man can play. You don't gain 2,300 yards running the football at a Division One school by being just an average player. I don't care what school you're playing at. I feel you, Bob. And you know what? We've seen, like, flashes of his greatness, right? Um, there was yeah. a run against Green Bay, I believe, when he reversed field. He had a run against the Eagles. He has it inside of him. And, and you're right. I think if he gets some more opportunities, we can see a bit more of that. Now he just has to be healthy. And I think that's what it comes down to, Bob. It's just he just hasn't, he hasn't been healthy. So I, I expect this guy, this young man, uh, to do his thing this year. You got Carson coming back. It's not like he's going to be relied on to be the featured running back. Get this guy about – 10, 10 carries, 10 to 12 carries a game, and let's see what he does. I'm with you, Bob. I appreciate the kind words as well, man. You have a good day. You too. And, and people, uh, the people in charge, if you're listening, give this man his own show and watch your ratings go up. <laughs> Bob is my guy. You know what? If I ever make some money doing this, Bob's going to be my agent, man. He's going to be responsible for all of this. <laughs> all right. I'm going back to the text, text lines. Oh, we got another caller? No, it was Bill, not Bob. Sorry. Oh, Bill. I'm sorry, Bill. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, Bill. Sorry about that. All right. So we got 360 says, if college football were to split out further like the Euro, like Euro soccer was trying to do, 
would you want the Cougs to be in the league that has the bigger schools, or would you want them to be in the league that has the lower D1 schools? What type of question is that? You're going to disrespect me and my Cougs, 360? We want the big boys. All right? I, I played against Auburn, Wisconsin, uh, Colorado before they were in the Pac-12. We want the big boys. Don't you do that to me. You must wear purple and gold when you go to sleep at night. Don't you? All right. Uh, what else we got here? Bumpus, did you play in the NFL? How'd you get into radio? Yeah, I actually played not for long, but I was there. Um, played for about what suited up for like five to six games or something like that. Then I played in Canada, dabbled in arena, got into radio. Um, just randomly, I was asked to do a, a show on Q13 and then make connections, and boom, here I am talking to the great folks of Seattle. Okay, what else we got? Ah, what else we got? What else we got? All right. Hey, no questions. Holler at me. All right. Well, I decided I'll just go on a rant then since you guys are being shy today on the text lines. Um, One, to address the question that I asked earlier, what, where should the Hawks focus on? I still think it's a receiver or a cornerback. Paul Moyer was a guest on the show in the sports pit, and he second that. He said, look, nothing wrong with getting a cornerback there. He believes in DJ and Witherspoon, but he Focus on the slot. The Hawks need a slot receiver. Lockett can play in the slot. DK can play in the slot. But you need a guy that that's all he does. He understands how to move defenders. He understands how to sit down in space. I need a guy who is fluid at the slot position. And I, I, just, I think they have receivers who are capable. But let them be fast. Let them get on the outside. Let them do their thing. Okay, 425 says, will the XFL ever make a comeback? Personally, enjoyed it. Yes, they are making a comeback, right? I believe The Rock and his um, ex-wife actually bought the league, and they got things going. And I'm going to say it again. XFL got to come back because of the Dragons. Seattle Dragons had the best sideline reporter in all the land and more duly. <gasps> Thank you, Bump. All well, day. yeah, initially they announced they were coming back next year now it looks like things might be a little delayed because they're trying to do some kind of partnership with the cfl yeah we're not sure exactly what that would look like since they you know obviously have different rules but um it sounds fun i just hope they can figure it out a, a little quicker because they said this was putting their plans on hold yeah and you know i saw that article more um i think they said there were a couple scenarios they said either the champion for the xfl will play the champion for the cfl or they'll merge the leagues and, uh, and they'll play each other. I think that would be awesome. It's like a farm system for the NFL. There's too many guys who are good ball players who are getting left behind um, and aren't getting a lot of opportunities to develop. That's the thing about the NFL. They don't really develop you in the NFL. You show up. If you ain't ready to go, then uh, they'll find some other 22, 23-year-old to take your job. I was that 22, 23-year-old trying to take somebody's job back in the day. It's a business. It is what it is. Okay, uh, 253 says, well, DK and Tyler both – hit for over 1,050 yards next year? That is a good question. I think it's possible. I, I really have to see this offense and see what their MO is. I know there's going to be a lot of play, play action, a lot of zone. They're going to take their shots. They're also going to allow their playmakers to get the ball in their hands early and make some plays with their feet. It's a possibility. That's a, a question I can't answer right now because I know in Schneider's offense, they were going deep. Now, it could be third and two. Schneider was tossing that thing up to DK. So there are opportunities for big plays through the air. Are these guys going to be able to do it with their feet? I think they have the capabilities, but I also think that um, it's going to take some getting used to. It's not just, they're not going to come out just blazing like they did before. All right? Well, 
that is all I have for you guys today, man. I appreciate you guys listening and hanging out with me these past three days, filling in for my guy, Paul Gallant. I want to thank Paul Moyer, my dude, for joining us. I want to thank Maura Dooley. She's the greatest producer in all the land. And all you guys for listening, all the uh, the love that you guys have shown me, I really appreciate it. Coming up next, you got Jake and Stacy. Jake is back from Hawaii, spitting that knowledge. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you next time.